0: Hi, welcome to J.P. Morgan TV. I'm Tom Salopek from Cross Asset Strategy. I'm joined by my colleagues, Jay Berry, co-head of U.S. Fixed Income Strategy and Jason Hunter, head of Technical Strategy. Let's turn to Jay first. Jay, after a spate of hot data in January, I think the key question for everybody is, uh, will the Jan data have follow through, you know, as it has in the past, as other months do, uh, or uh, will things mean revert in in February and a lot of these hot prints that we saw in whether it's non-farm payrolls or inflation um, or PMIs, what will, will all of that mean revert in, in February? So uh, how are you looking at the world right now, given the hot data we've had?
1: Hey, Tom, thanks for having me today. And you know, I think you're right, You know, the, the spate of very strong data in January have been supportive of the move to higher yields here. And I think we thought um, markets were perhaps priced too aggressively for the Fed to ease this year when they were pricing in close to 170 basis points of cuts um, earlier in January. And if we look at the repricing that's occurred, it's been justified, I think, by three factors. It's been an ongoing increase in growth expectations. We can see our U.S. growth, FRI, has continued to rise this year. Um, a, a moderation in Fed policy expectations has been talked about and an increase in inflation expectations to back to the middle end of the range that they've held for the last number of months. So with 10 year yield sitting here around 430 it seems like we are fairly valued in the context of those drivers but to your question like where do we head from here i think we've noticed with our economic activity surprise index that there's a pretty strong seasonal where the easy tends to rise in the second month of the year based off of strong data in january and then hits its peak early in kind of the third month of the year before moderating back so if we follow the pattern that we've seen the last few years This would indicate that some of the outsized strength we've seen in data in January is unlikely to be repeated in Feb, but I don't think we're going to find that out until we start to get the February data, and that first data point is still two weeks away with a non-farm employment report due in two weeks from tomorrow. So I think in the context of markets pricing in now fewer Fed cuts than we have forecast for this year, and we forecast a June 1st cut and five cuts this year. The data flow likely to moderate in february this makes the case that that rates are certainly too high without a doubt and that there is some mean reversion that's likely to occur in the coming weeks but i would just be cautious in saying that i think it's unlikely to occur over the very near term given that we've got a dearth of very first tier data flow in the next couple of weeks until we get through to employment until we get through to cpi um some of the move i think outside of these fundamentals has been warranted by shifts in positioning. And we've been noting that both our macro hedge fund beta, as well as our core bond fund index beta have indicated that uh, active asset manager and macro hedge fund positioning was quite long heading into this most recent sell-off. It's moved quite a bit more neutral right now. So that is supportive of mean reversion. And I'd note that our our latest treasury client survey has shown about 85% share neutrals, which is a share that we haven't seen since the fall of 2011, and we've rarely seen in the time that I've been watching the survey. So the position technicals are likely cleaner right now. The data, I think, at some point should be supportive of lower yields. But I think we're probably going to need to be patient with this in the coming weeks.
0: Can you go into detail about how you're positioning right now? And, and given that we're, we have fewer cuts priced in look, looking ahead, what does that do to your expectations for the upside on the on the trade? From, from getting long duration?
1: We have been, I think, we were a little bit too early. We've been recommending longs in the five-year sector for the last two weeks or so, and um, it's underperformed a bit to be fair. Um, but still against the core backdrop of our view with the market pricing the first Fed cut in July and fewer than four cuts for this year, we think there is a bit of mispricing here and that is supportive of intermediate yields drifting lower. We like expressing this view in the five-year sector to be clear. Because that's the part of the curve that typically has the best performance in this period between the Fed and its last hike and the first cut. So kind of irrespective of the nature of the cutting cycle, it is a sector that tends to outperform. And we tend to think in this cycle, it's the short to intermediate sector, the curve that has the best possibility and potential for outperformance. Because if anything, if inflation is going to take some time to get back to target, that is something that will keep long term rates pretty well anchored. And if there is still this increase in treasury duration supply that we're envisioning this year, which we is well known against the backdrop of a still challenging demand backdrop, that probably means that long-term yields are going to be more stable all sequel. equal. So, you know, we belong the five year sector. We're trying to be patient with that in the context of what we think fundamentally about what's happening in the US. Um, and we would think that this is a trade that should be relatively um strong in performance as we head towards the first expected cut, which is in about four months time from now.
0: Thanks, Jay. Uh, on my side, I, I run a principal components analysis model that looks at a bunch of assets, whether stocks or bonds. And it's interesting right now, it does kind of echo our house view, what we're saying in the sense that um uh, if you look at how the, the the various markets are dislocated let's say stocks are overbought but at the same time they still have positive momentum so on the one hand you do have this dislocation um but but on the other hand you don't want to be fighting momentum and things can stay overbought than you'd like now on, I think on the flip side when you talk about things that are oversold U.S bonds showed up at you know whether it was two year five year ten year or 30 year they all showed up as as oversold. But the idea is that maybe uh, things it's a little bit more difficult to stay oversold. So maybe let's hear from Jason right now on the technical picture. I, I think you and Jay line up pretty well in in terms of your views. but how are you thinking about the the, the technical catalysts here and do you also see bonds as oversold here?
2: Yeah, so I, I think that the technicals will complement what what Jay and what you have uh, spoken about, Tom, with your principal component analysis. Um, so, for one, you know, to, to echo Jay's point, from the technical side, uh, in mid-December, right after the post-FOMC rally, you know, the last publication we had for the year on the rate side, we titled it "Too Far, Too Fast." Um, and if you look at at the market since then, uh, as as we traded into the last two weeks of December, um, a slew of our systematic sell signals had, had triggered, both on our, our premium weighted put-call ratio, Z-score trading model and our momentum divergence pattern recognition model both favoring a mean reversion to higher yields as we started uh into 2024. now bigger picture and i think this is probably where your pca model um is is probably uh, posting up against uh, we view the turn that happened in the last quarter as the start of a, of a bull market um so we've always viewed this backup that we're getting during the first quarter as mean reversion within a broader bull trend in line with with jay's view and obviously with the house view on the shift in monetary policy. Um, and then it becomes a question of where do we decide to step in and get long duration? Um, we were concerned through the month of January as the two-year note carved out a very well-defined range richer than 450, and you saw some element of that in the five-year note um, as well. Um, and when you looked at the positioning that Jay had spoken about, the front end, you know, did show up as is probably an overcrowded long uh, position, um, you, know, you know, particularly in the hedge fund community our concern was that that position could squeeze, drive the market through range support, and you would get a bit of a momentum backup. So we were very cautious to enter those longs in January. And unfortunately for us, um, we, we threw in the towel on that caution after uh, the last payrolls report when you didn't get the squeeze. You actually had a, you know, a relatively hawkish FOMC. You had a payrolls report. You didn't get the squeeze. So we're like, all right, if that didn't trigger it, let's just start scaling into a five-year note long closer to these levels and that's where we started roughly at the same time jay did and at lower yield levels than we initially wanted for example you know we wanted our bid that we had out there through january was four and a quarter roughly for the five-year note and then by the end of the month we're like all right 409 is close enough we'll start here and add on the backup Um, lo and behold the cpi gave the position squeeze that we thought could happen unfortunately after we already started to enter our, our long exposure um, now the question is, you know, where does the market decide to find its footing? Uh, you have two clear zones of support: uh, four thirty-seven for the five-year note, and beyond that, four forty-five to four fifty. Um, now it's a question of keeping our fingers crossed and and hoping the four thirty-seven level is it where the market's trying to to find its footing and base out right now. Some of the higher frequency signals, particularly at the longer end of the curve, the backup's been a bit more sticky here. Which you know, you really shows itself on the yield curve where you've had primarily a bear flattening. As the front ends released to higher yields. The the long ends getting sticky at these levels. You're getting systematic buy signals not only in the U.S. but Europe as well. As as those markets are backing up to key support. We also think the belly and the front end could could turn the corner as well near these levels. So from from my perspective now, it's a question of am I able to survive with my current trade, um, where we have our stop at 438, or am I gonna have to reset at higher yield levels? One way or the other, this is an opportunity here to get long exposure. It's just a question tactically, you know, I'm and am I able to manage through the current move here, or am I gonna have to stop out and reset? Um, you know, to the same token we've we've gotten fully back in curve steepening exposure um after the bear flattening here. I think you'll see, you know, we're in a five thirties curve steepener. Um that's a proxy long duration trade and 10-year tips break even uh, that's widened out to the, the 230 area where we think that, you know, in the 230s is the support. So we fully entered that, that tightening bias as well. Another proxy long duration. Um, you know, the net, the, the net of it is, you know, this is an opportunity here. You know, tactically calling the turn might be a little difficult, but we think we're in the ballpark of where you want to scale into long exposure.
0: Great. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jay. And thank
1: you all for tuning in to JPMorgan TV.